The million dollar question, how do entrepreneurs transition from self-employed to owning a business that turns a profit? My name is Chris Waters and this podcast has the million dollar answer. Welcome to CEO Secrets. Hey, it's Chris Waters with CEO Secrets. Welcome to the podcast. I've got an extremely special guest on the show today, Danny Burks in Tyler, Texas. Danny is a real estate tycoon in the Tyler market, to say the least. Um, if you drive through Ty- Tyler, it will be impossible for you not to know about Tyler by the time you get on the other end of town. Um, Danny, in 2019, uh, his real estate uh, brokerage, he has a Remax uh, franchise that he operates using the team model. His uh, real estate brokerage uh, closed on 421 units. Their team grew over 10% in 2019. Um, They've been recognized as the number one real estate company in Northeast Texas. Their property management company exploded to under uh, 576 units under management, voted number one property management company in uh, three years in a row. And um, Danny and his wife, Rebecca Burks, um, also grew their real estate holdings, uh, flipped over five homes, and they've got also a, a title company there in Tyler that's exploding in growth. I, I don't think I can do an intro enough justice for you, Danny, but the, the level that you are just crushing it at. And the, the last thing that people will be, I think, even more mind-blowing or be more mind-blown by is the fact that last year you found out you had stage four cancer. Yes. Over the last 12 months, you've gone through 17 chemo treatments, right? Yeah. And you have 40 doctor's appointments, 18 blood draws, CAT scans, multiple surgeries, yet everything around you is just exploding in growth. Yeah. We're blessed. Man, it's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. You know, the, this podcast is called CEO Secrets, and I think one of the um, you know the greatest things you can do is build a business and get into a CEO position, uh, so that other people are leading these other are leading your businesses. So you're not the one uh, so much in the business, but you're working on it. And um, I mean, if if you weren't in the position you are now, where you've developed leaders, like do you feel like you could have you know this this monumental growth you've had in the last twelve months? you think that would have been um, capable without the leaders you've developed, um, you know, within your organization? Well, Chris, I think that's, I actually think that's one of the secrets. I think uh, one of, one of, one of the things we deal with is that uh, a lot of leaders are live in a state of fear. In other words, they're afraid to quit. I know because I've been there, Uh, you know, years ago, it was Rebecca and me. And that was it. And then we came to the point we were so overwhelmed with business with two of us. We were putting in 60, 70, 80 hours a week. We took the plunge and we hired our first buyer's agent. And I'll never forget when I talked to Rebecca about that, you know, she said, we're, we're going to be giving up some of our money. And I was like, well, yeah, but we can't do any more. And, uh, and, and so one of the things we learned is to surround yourself with people. But the problem that people have is we're taught from the time that we're little children that quitters never win. And I think that's a fallacy. I think in, in, in the business world, we get, these con- we get this conception that nobody can do it better than we can. 
And the fact is, is not only is there somebody that can do it as as good as you, but there's people out there that can do it better than you. And so you have to learn to be free and to take risk and to invest your life in the lives of other people. If you're going to become a CEO and you're going to become successful, because there's only so many hours in the day. And if you can't replicate yourself, I and mean, if you cannot build leaders that are more as dynamic or more dynamic than you are as a leader, then you're never going to grow a great business or businesses. Right. So you got to a point in your career where you recognized there weren't any more hours in the day and you needed leverage and you needed to develop uh, people underneath you in order to grow. Right. And so we just began, I, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, we hired our first other person uh, 13 years ago mm -hmm. and I had no idea what I was doing. It was, mm -hmm. it was, it was a kid in my a young guy in my Bible study class that my wife and I led uh, for young married couples, and he was complaining about his job. And he, I didn't know what I was doing. Now I know a lot more, but I didn't know anything about hiring. And he said he didn't like his job. And I said, well, why don't you come to work for me? And he, he's still here 13 years later. He's our number one buyer's agent on our team. But from there, we just we begin to learn through some mistakes sometimes, but we begin to learn that we need to surround ourselves with great people and now, as a result of that, we're thriving multiple businesses with essentially what I would call passive forms of income because these, all of these businesses that we have now, they run without, without us or with us here. It doesn't matter if we're here or not. Next week, I'll be out all week in Las Vegas. I come back a week, I'm going to Dubai for a week. I come back a week from there and I'm going to New York City for a week. And so what I'm saying is the businesses that we've surrounded ourselves with great leaders and administrators and, and agents and the businesses thrive whether we are here or not. Uh, mm -hmm. I like to call it mailbox money now, but uh, it, it's, it's a great feeling when you get to that point. Danny, from a, from kind of a learning and knowledge perspective, like where are you at now? Like what are the things, you know, I mean, I, I know this cause I've, I've had the pleasure of knowing you now for I think six or seven years and I, you're the, just the kind of guy that's constantly seeking and learning and growing. And uh, I'm just curious, like, what, what do you feel is, you know, been your greatest ahas and greatest lessons um, in the last 12 months because you figured out how to develop leaders, how to build a great business. You know, what have been the, the biggest ahas to you, you know, in the last 12, 24 months? Um, now that you're at this kind of pinnacle point, you know, like, right. what are you, what are you seeking out and learning now? Well, and I think, I, I think it would, it, it's, some of it's actually tied to this devastating event that you talked about at the beginning of the podcast uh, 15 and a half months ago, I was perfectly healthy and just had a physical, uh, discovered, became very ill one day. And within three days, I discovered that I had stage four metastasized cancer. Uh, originally I was given less than 12 months to live. Uh, we're at 15 and a half months. And so I'm doing this podcast today, but I'm still, I still am very seriously ill. And one of the things that I think that, God used to teach me through that is that that uh, that the the one thing that I have uh, that I've learned the most recently the one thing I have in my life is is being able to invest back in other people. Uh, I can't all the 
and we have accumulated, I'm not saying this to sound egotistical, but we've accumulated a great deal of wealth over the last few years. But there's never been a hearse that had a U-Haul trailer behind it. And we're not taking any of that stuff with us. Really, the only thing that we have at the end of the day is how we invest in the lives of other people. I mean, that's why when you when you reached out to me and said, well, I do this podcast, I said, yes, for sure. Because I feel like one of my missions now is to invest in the lives of my team members and not only in their lives, but in the lives of others. Because that's what, at the end of the day, that's what we all leave behind. Mm-hmm. What are the lessons you're embarking on the people that are running your organizations to help them become better leaders? Uh, well, I think I think a lot of that's tied to accountability. Uh, all, all of our businesses run with a high level of accountability. Like, for instance, agents on our team, we have seven buyers agents. We have uh, two listing agents. Uh, we're not we're not a huge team, but we average. We have good production. We average about forty seven transactions a person per year, and we. Uh, you know, one of the one of the things we do is we have weekly accountability meetings with every person. They only last about seven to ten minutes, but we talk to them about what happened in the last week, what's going to happen this week, where are you on your goals, your objectives, your your why for this year, uh, your long term goals. Where are you? If someone is 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 sort of lagging behind, it's our opportunity to to uh, kind of pet them up a little bit because we all have down periods. Um, We're fortunate in in that we're a little bit different business model. Uh, Rebecca and I have three sons, three adult sons, and all three of them work here. So our oldest son is chief operations officer. Our middle son heads up our listing department. And our youngest son is actually a CPA. So he heads up all our financials and tech and he's also president of the property management company. So it helps a little bit having family here. But and and so I say that in my case, I've been developing those leaders since they were born because so, uh, <laughs> of my kids. But but they are really in positions of leadership. But the other people that are in positions of leadership, we're always giving them opportunity for growth. And we're encouraging them to grow and to expand. Um, a few years ago, I, I made the mistake of hiring an experienced agent. Uh, we don't, we don't, everybody that's on our team right now, all of our companies, none of them were in real estate before they came to work for us. Mm-hmm. But I made a mistake of one time hiring an experienced agent. She was not, she was not teachable. Uh, she did not have a humble attitude. And after a few weeks, I was talking to her. She was not coming to coaching, not coming to training. And I asked her, this was her statement to me. She said, Danny, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And my statement back to her was, I'm older than you. And I spend thousands of dollars a year traveling around the United States to learn new tricks and to <laughs> learn new things. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'm, I'm getting ready to turn 66. And, and have stage four cancer. And with this in the last two weeks, we've launched new initiatives in our business. So it's this constant cycle of trying, attempting to stay on the cutting edge of what's going on and to continue to have this attitude of building mm-hmm. uh, for the future. Mm-hmm. So Danny, I'm, I'm just curious, are you, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but are you still in that, um, 
you know, obviously your your business is exploding, but are you also seeking other opportunities or, you know, or, or are you just focused on, you know, living life to its fullest? I mean, you're going to, you're competing in the world series of poker, right? You're yeah. uh, heading to Vegas tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you, so, I see you yeah, and Rebecca yeah, are flying my, everywhere. That's kind of my, that's kind of my bias. Poker's kind of my bias, uh, but, uh, the, uh, yeah, I mean, we're watching new initiatives right now. I'm actually on a, I think you might be on a mastermind, but there's some real estate mastermind online and there, there are several thousand agents in this group. And constantly I'm hearing people on there blaming outside forces for their lack of success. Mm -hmm. And their main villain is Zillow. You know, mm -hmm. Zillow's the villain. Zillow's going to put us all out of business. Zillow is going to buy houses. They're going to get in the real estate business. I saw a post today where somebody said, in two years, we'll all be working for Zillow and they'll be paying us $12 an hour. <laughs> uh, I, that whole focus outward, focus, I've, I've been around, you're young. I've been around long enough to know when stuff came around, the, the whole discount broker model came along and we had a, there was this company called Help You Sell that would list your house for $299. And everybody was wringing their hands, talking about how this is going to put us all out of business. Help yourselves been bankrupt for several years. I do not wake up in the morning worried about Zillow. Everybody's worried about Zillow and they're worried about iBuyers and all this kind of stuff. You want to, you want to win? You create an iBuyer program that's better than their iBuyer program. Their iBuyer program, they're people off in some corporate world over here. I'm, I'm a name, we're a name, we're a face, we're a part of the community, and that's our latest initiative that we've kicked off is our iBuyer program where we'll make you an instant offer on your house within 72 hours. We've had, we've had this week, this is Thursday, I think we've had eight walkthroughs this, this week, we've had eight walkthroughs on buyers that have requested instant offers on their house. Danny, so, I got to ask them, what, so... You've you've dropped a lot of nuggets of knowledge, and I don't even know. I, people are going to need to rewatch this over and over because you've talked about it's important to embark a lesson of accountability and making sure the people you're, you know, trying to uh, serve and help lead to success, um, making sure those leaders are holding those people accountable. You've talked about, you know, making sure you're working with people that are uh, coachable, humble, that have exude certain core values as human beings. You know, you've talked about, you know, looking inward, constantly seeking growth and learning and expanding your horizons. Uh, a lot of nuggets you just dropped and there's not a lot you worry about, but I am curious, what do you worry about? What, what makes you, you know, like what keeps you up at night? Uh, well, right now, cancer, but, <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, you I mean, just like over the last, you know, 10, 20 years, like what's the thing that always was on the back of your mind, you know, keeping you awake at night? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a real worrying kind of guy, I'll be honest with you. I don't worry about a whole lot. I, I really work hard and stay focused uh, uh, inward on my personal growth and then on using that personal growth to help people around me grow. I, I would say I have evolved a lot through the years. I mean, the day was, I used to be a few years ago, I used to be worried about competition. Uh, you know, there are eight, you know, there were, we had a few, we're a small area. Uh, a few years ago, we had like 700 agents in this MLS. Today, we have like 1,700. Well, I, I'm like, we've added another thousand agents. Well, it used to, I would worry about that, but then I realized one day that 
most of them are inept and uh, they're, they're, they are not good agents. And all they do is we shine light on darkness is what we do uh, because we, everything we do is state of the art and everything is client centric. It's relationship oriented. And so as a result, every business line has grown and evolved. So that's one of the things that I grew past. That's one of the things I used to worry about. And I've discovered as there are more agents, it's just more people that, don't know what they're doing and it actually makes the people who know what they're doing and know how to run a business it makes you look better and so i mean i guess if there's one thing i used to worry about that's it but not so much anymore yeah i i've got a selfish question totally not business related um so i've got i've got two little girls one that's uh nine months old and one that's uh three years old and I, I know you've got some recent grandkids added to the mix, yeah. correct? What are the uh, lessons you hope your kids pass on to your grandchildren? Well, uh, we, we we taught our three boys, and I, I'll just be honest with you, we were fortunate as parents that I, I never had, a, 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 you know, you struggle with kids along the way, but I never had a single struggle with our kids that was monumental. I mean, our, our boys were just, uh, they're good kids. I mean, I, we never had a problem out of them, you know, wanting to get off into drinking or drugs or anything like that. They were just good kids. And, and, and one of the things we did as we reared them, I, I'll just be honest with you. We, my wife and I both came from families uh, that, I mean, there were a lot of racial overtones in our families and uh, uh, words that were used that ought not to be used, that kind of thing. Uh, when Rebecca and I got married 41 years ago, we decided that we were going to break that cycle in our life and that we were going to uh, uh, break the cycle of the ways that some things we had seen in our past that we did not think were, were good. And so we decided to raise our kids a different way. We decided to raise our kids colorblind. We, we taught our children, and, and now my sons, I believe, are teaching their children that everything is based, the foundation of your entire life is based on your values. And if you compromise your values, then you don't have anything at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if I build wealth without values that undergird that, and I stand by those values. And one of the things we do with our team and every employee here is we say we always stand on our values. And if our values cause us to lose a paycheck or to lose money, we always stand on the values first. And so that's one of the things that we pass to our kids. They're passing to our, their children. And uh, hopefully, you know, I hope that's my legacy. At, at the end of the day, and in my situation, probably sooner than later, people are going to walk by a casket. They're going to walk by your casket. They're going to walk by my casket. They're going to walk by everybody's casket. And the question becomes is, what do you want people to say about you at the end of the day? I do not care that people come by and say, he won a million awards at various conventions. I don't want people coming by and saying, he made a lot of money. What I want to say is that he was a man who cared about people and who invested in the lives of people. I ha I had a feeling your your answer was going to have some universal truths, whether it applied to your your family or business. And I think when you you know if you go to business school and you go through these classes, you know you learn about 
how important it is to have a mission and a vision and core values. And I think I, I can only speak about my own personal instance, but you know, they seem like check boxes. Right. And, and then, you know, when I, when I started growing a, a business in Austin, I started hiring people and it, it felt like a, a flywheel <laughs> with people. I'm onboarding people and they're, they're falling off left and right. Right. And, and what I realized is, is like the, the root of culture is the way people feel and, and to, to create an amazing team environment, you got to get people that are in alignment with your own personal values. So you guys connect and right. you know, you'll, you'll likely operate at a much higher level together than apart. And um, so it's, it's one of those things that, you know, if you're building a business, you, you think it's just a checkbox thing, but it's, it's this intangible, you know, X factor that can, you know, radically change your business right. and you can align with people that have the same core values. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm going to use a quick illustration since we've been talking about eye cancer. Very quickly, you just mentioned the word culture in your organization and, and that you surround yourself with people that share your core values. Uh, we, we work in our companies in what I would call a non-malignant environment uh, because one, one individual in your organization in other words, my cancer started with one little defective cell and it invaded my body. One defective cell in your organization can invade the body and ruin the culture for the entire team. And I, I don't want to go into a lot of details, but a couple of years ago, I had to fire my number two guy in our entire company, number two producer in the entire company, because he was a guy that if you'd asked me, I would have almost told you he's like a fourth son to me. And he was our number two producer on our team. And he, he compromised his values and his ethics and his marriage. And as a result of that, I had to part ways with him uh, because he became a malignancy on our team that was going to destroy our team if I didn't deal with that. And so sometimes you have to make tough decisions. And sometimes when you have to fire a guy that brought in $300,000 in GCI last year, it's kind of tough. And especially you have to look a guy in the face that you looked at as a, almost like he was another son of yours. And you have to make a decision that's based on your core values, not on what makes you the most money. Where could somebody find the core values listed for the Burks team? Is it online uh, anywhere somebody could look? I, I don't know that we have them anywhere online. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe I can put something together and put it up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we, uh, we just, I, I mean, really, I can, I can put it pretty much in a nutshell, though. Yeah, uh, go for it. That, that, we, that our, our core values revolve around the principle that we love other people the way that we love ourselves and we treat other people the way that we want to be treated. Uh, we're a relationship-oriented business. I think that one of the biggest mistakes, and I'm an old guy, okay, but I think the biggest, some of the biggest mistakes, especially younger business leaders are making, is that they are, they are so focused on high tech that they have lost touch. And, and uh, I had a very smart mentor one time that told me, because he had grown a very large organization, and I said, how do you stay grounded and how do you stay focused? And he said, I walk slowly among my people. 
And what does that mean? It means that I don't become so big and I don't become so egotistical and I don't become so haughty that I don't have time to for anybody anymore. I'm this high and mighty person. I need to walk slowly among my clients. I need to walk slowly among my team members and they need to know that I'm transparent, that I'm accessible, that they can come in my office and we can laugh together or we can cry together, whatever is needed on that day. And uh, I think it's really the whole concept is, is basically the golden rule. Uh, do unto others as you would have them do to you. Uh, and treat other people. Uh, we just had a client that we, we, we never discount our commissions ever. We don't do discount commissions here. And you don't have to to be successful. Uh, but we just had a client that we gave them the entire commission back. We gave it all to them because his wife has two months to live and, uh, and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills. We just sold their property for free. And so, you know, sometimes you just do things that are the right thing because that's what God blesses in our view. Let me ask you something. You so you're very open about uh, religion and politics, and you post about it online. And you know, I think uh, for some younger business leaders out there, and shoot, maybe even ones that have been around longer, you know, they they try to be a little bit more agnostic for the purpose of trying to grow their business. Do you feel that it could positively or negatively impact you when you're being transparent? What's your opinion on that around uh, sharing your political well, views I, and religious I, I, views? I try not to be belligerent about my views. Uh, uh, I, I'll just tell you, and I'm not, I don't mean this to be offensive to anyone, but when we interview somebody here for a job, we tell them that we are a distinctly, Rebecca and I are Christians, we're believers, and we tell everybody that this probably will give me sued someday, Chris, but we tell everyone that we're a distinctively Christian company. And that we, if, if, if for instance, when we have food at our office and we're going to eat a meal together, we say grace before the meal. Well, if that's going to offend somebody, it's going to offend them. It's just what we do. It's who we are. If we're in morning huddle and somebody says, my grandmother had a heart attack last night, I'm more likely to stop and say, let's say a prayer for Matt's grandmother. Uh, you know, that's just the kind of thing we do. I try not to be belligerent in my views and to be oppressive in my views, but I also don't feel like that I need to hide how I feel. Uh, yeah. and, you know, there are certain things that I believe that are that politically are destructive to our business environments and, and to capitalism and, and what we do. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, I, you know, I have a radio show that's on every Saturday morning. Uh, I, I've spent time on my radio show talking about the, what I call the Trump economy. You know, I think I think that our, our business has exploded in the last three years more than ever, and we have taken a lot of money. For instance, we've taken in taxes and put it back into the business and hired people and so forth. So, I don't. You asked earlier about worry or what scares me. I don't worry about a whole lot of things. I'm not going to try to be offensive with people, but at the same time, I don't, I don't hide who I am. That, you know, that can be a very, very powerful thing, you know, for, for, for somebody. I mean, uh, give you an example. I mean, I'm personally, my, you know, Austin is, is a liberal yeah. Island in the state oh, yeah. of Texas. And so, you know, like I see both sides of the coin and I, I think authentically, I, you know, I, I uh, see both points of views and there's things I agree with on each side and there's things I disagree with on each side. 
guess that make me technically more of a libertarian, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a very strong Southern Baptist family. My grandfather was a Baptist preacher for 50 plus years in the state of Texas. And, um, so anyways, but I, you know, I'm also in the, in a uh, very liberal city in SIBO side. So, you know, I think for people listening to this, I think, um, being authentic to yourself can be very, from, from, from what I'm hearing from you, it can be very empowering and, um, you know, can make sure you're attracting the right people to your organization, um, that are going to be in alignment with your, your, uh, your values. Well, and I think, by the way, I think that, uh, fakeness, if that's what you want to call it, uh, being fake, it is, people can see right through that. Uh, you know, we've all been in those situations. I'm down to buy a car, I'm down to buy whatever. And you get the feeling you've been there, I've been there where the person is just saying what they think you want to hear. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're changing the message or who they are to try to, to try to sell you a product. It's not who we are. I mean, if you choose not to, to do business with us because you don't share our values, that's fine. I mean, I'm not chase you away, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a good, good example. One of, one of our biggest, uh, I'm, I'm pretty conservative. Uh, one, of, one of our biggest clients that has sent us the most referrals is a gay couple. And they have sent us, they just absolutely rave about us. Uh, I mean, when they come to one of our client events, they come up and hug us and they tell us, we, t- we tell everybody, you got to use the Birch team. They're the best. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a very conservative person politically, uh, but they love us and, and we love them. Uh, it, just because I don't always agree with everything, uh, Danny, uh, what, what, what have you, so 15 months ago, you got diagnosed with cancer. What, what have you learned in the last 15 months that you wish you knew 10, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago when you get a diagnosis like stage four cancer? Well, it's, it's just, it's like I told my team after I found out, you know, you, we all live our lives, uh, like we're going to live forever. We live that way, especially when I was young. When I was young, when I was your age, I, I live like I'm, you know, we act like we're going to live till we're 200. <laughs> the fact is, is right now, today, 100 years from now, probably nobody that's on the earth today will be alive 100 years from now. So once you, once you find out a devastating, you know, thing like cancer, it's one of the scariest words you can hear, you, all, you realize how many days do I have left? And it makes you reevaluate how you spend your day, how you interact with people. I mean, I can tell you, for instance, I cannot remember one time in the last year or 15 months that I've been in a restaurant. I don't care how bad the service is, how bad the food is. I have not one time complained about the food or the service or whatever, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Uh, And my question is, and this is what I've asked my team, why do I not... Why have I not my whole life lived like this might be my last day? Because we just had a young man here in town, a very successful young man in the oil business, lives in a mansion on the waterfront here. He's 31 years old. The other day, he drove out of his neighborhood and had a brain aneurysm driving out of his neighborhood and died in his car. He's 31 years old. He didn't wake up that morning thinking, this is my last day. So what I would say to people that I've learned is that 
all of us should live our lives like today might be my last day. Mm-hmm. You should parent your two daughters that way. That what if I don't see them again? Because none of us have guarantees in our life. And at the end of the day, uh, we should live our life that way. That I'm only, like I said earlier, the only thing I have at the end of the day is how I impacted people. Let me ask you a question. So if you're a driver, you're a business builder, you know, if someone listening to this podcast that's got that high drive personality like the two of us, you, you've got to make short-term sacrifices to build up something really, really big. Yes. So how, how do you balance, you know, living each day to the fullest and trying to be mindful of like, we all have a finite amount of time on this planet. And how do you balance that with, um, you know, making sacrifices for more long-term benefits? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually, I'm Remax. We're with the Remax, but, you know, I've learned a lot from Gary Keller. Uh, some people think of other businesses as the, the enemy. I don't. Uh, uh, and and I learned a lot from Gary. And I actually have had a phone conversation with him that lasted over an hour. And just a lot of things that I learned from him about how we live our life and how we prioritize our lives. And, and you know, that we, we in our lives, our faith is preeminent to us, our family, and then our business is last in line. Uh, uh, I don't know if you ever watched the show Blue Bloods, but they always say in that show, family first. Uh, well, we say God first, but family second. But, but anyway, but you do. You're right. You have a finite amount of time. I use this illustration with my team. I say, I'm going to snap my fingers right now. That second right there is gone. I can never go back and reclaim that time. Once time passes by, it's gone forever. And so how am I going to make the best use of that time? Of course, today, you know, we've been fortunate enough that if you read Gary Keller's, you know, me and Dollar Asia, uh, real estate Asia, you know, he talks about set of level. Well, we're fortunate enough now that we're at set of level. I do not have to show up here. Uh, I could, I could lay on a beach or a hammock the rest of my life if I wanted to, but I, I'm addicted to this business. And I'm addicted to success. And so I still come and work. Uh, I actually don't believe in the concept of retirement. So, so I show up, you know, but, but, but I have people around me that are, that are working, but you just have to decide each day. I think you have to decide how am I going to grow today? How am I going to be better uh, tomorrow than I was today? Uh, and, and, and continue to look for opportunities for growth. I mean, a lot of people at this point where, where I am, uh, a lot of people would say, Hey man, I'm going to chunk it. I'm going to get me a motor home and drive around the country or play on the beach somewhere or something like that. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm more probably like the Warren Buffett. What is he 89 now? I mean, he's still driving to work every day. I, it's just who I am. You know, you're like that. I mean, the, the type of personalities that build great businesses, you're never really satisfied. You know, it's not it's not that I got to make all this money. I don't need the money anymore. It's that I like the challenge of growth and new opportunity and creating new things. In the last 15 months, when you think about like, what makes your day feel more fulfilling? Do you feel like you've like got a microscope on that now? Like you are yeah, like okay. really dialed in on what is fulfilling and and what have you discovered are those things you do throughout the day or week that are you know immensely fulfilling 
Well, I mean, I'm going to give you some little examples that we, you know, I mean, before I was sick, I mean, we, we guys were really bad about doing this, but uh, there were a lot of days that went by that I never told my wife that I loved her. Uh, there's no days that go by now that I don't do that, uh, that I don't say that to my kids and tell them how proud I am of them. And the same thing with our team. Uh, they know we, we have built this culture here where it, it feels like family here. And it, I think that's so critical. Uh, one of our guys on our team, uh, the guy I told you was my first hire, been here 13 years, about three years ago, his dad died unexpectedly at a fairly young age. And he was his best friend. And we, every one of our team members, we had 24 people on the team at the time, every single person wanted to go to that funeral uh, because they love Matt. And if I love Matt, I want to be there for him. And uh, they didn't know Matt's dad. Most of them did not even know him. But it's the whole concept that we want to invest in each other's lives. Uh, I know you know Eric Hatch, uh, but Eric, you know, recently wrote a book. It, it says, play for the person beside you. You know, he, in other words, you need to play for your team members, not play for you. You're, you're not the most important person. Most people you surround yourself with is, are the most important people, and you need to play for them. I love that. That's good. Danny, I, I want to, um, what are you flying out tomorrow? Going to Vegas for World Series Poker? Is that happening Well, tomorrow? my wife's going to the REMAX convention. Uh, yeah. I may or may not play poker while I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I played at the main event last year, the big one. You know, the one you see on TV? Yeah. Uh, I, play, I played because it was on my bucket list. I had never done it. I never I never had worked up my courage to put down a $10,000 entry fee. But I decided that hey, I'm going to do this at least one time in my life. So, <laughs> how far did you get? Uh, two days. And how, how long is the thing? How many days? Eight days. Eight days. Wow. Yeah. How many people entered the con uh, contest? About 9,000. Wow. 9,000. Yeah. That's wild. Danny, this, this has probably been one of the um, most uh, enlightening uh, podcasts I've done. Um, I've interviewed some, some, some great leaders, and um, I, I hope um, anybody watching this can listen to this. I hope they listen to it multiple times because I, I think a lot of the things you've mentioned can speak personally you know, about um, I, had to, I had to fail a lot to figure out you know yeah. how important yeah. values are and yeah. um and uh I, I wish in college i somebody like slapped me or hit me with the textbook and said hey dummy it's you know this isn't just a check a checkbox on a um on a piece of paper uh this is how you align yourself with great people and right. these these universal truths can um help you set your kids up for success and all the other people around you and uh so i, pr I appreciate all the knowledge and all the wisdom yeah, it's my pleasure you've shared with us and um i'd say you know keep keep fighting a good fight but man you're not fighting you're thriving <laughs> your business is yeah. exploding and you're working on new initiatives and um yeah. you know capitalizing on every day so yeah so anytime we can help we're here i'm, danny, an, open, I'm an open book danny again thank you so much for being on ceo secrets today um, hope we get to connect again here soon. And for those of you guys uh, tuning in, um, you guys can check out uh, a book we just published on building a real estate team called The Million Dollar Real Estate Team. 
and um, uh, and I'll put in some uh, resources in the notes section uh, where you guys can find more about uh, uh, the Burks team in Tyler, Texas. If you're ever relocating to Tyler, Texas, or looking for investment properties, uh, Danny Burks's organization's got um, the the number one uh, organization in um, Northeast Texas. And so, uh, Danny, thank you again for your time. Yeah, and, my pleasure. Uh, I, I look forward to talking to you uh, here okay. in the future. See you soon, buddy. Take care. Bye, Danny. Bye. Want more CEO secrets? If so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team at www.themilliondollarrealestateteam.com for free. Inside this book, you'll find my top secrets that we've used to net $1 million in just three years.